Hi, my name is Dr. Free and thank you so much for listening to this episode. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been afraid and done stupid things before? We all have. We all have been afraid and have done stupid things in our lives. In this episode, I will discuss how being afraid can lead you to do stupid. Being afraid can lead you to do stupid things and how you too can do right things even in the midst of fear, in the midst of trouble, in the midst of discriminations. The current police brutality demonstration going on around the world has exposed what is really hidden sometimes, hidden in societies, hidden in communities, hidden in the corporate world or the employment world. Well, we've seen police brutality all over the world and in the U.S. in particular has become so prominent that mostly black men are murdered by the police. The most recent one that has ushered the world into huge demonstration around the world is George Floyd. You know, the police officer had his knee on this guy's neck for almost 10 minutes. And he did so with a face and he was so comfortable doing that with his hand in his pocket and his face was so calm that he didn't even think anything would happen to him based on what he was doing, which I think was horrible for you to have your knee on someone's neck for almost 10 minutes. Police brutality is very, very common in the United States and almost all black men have, they've had some encounter with the police. I'm talking about innocent black men in particular. I have friends who have had numerous encounter with the police just driving down the street and getting pulled over for no reasons. Drugs being planted on black men. And I personally have had that same experience where they planted crack cocaine on me. And I was extremely shocked because I've never even seen one before in my life. Never, never in my life have I seen something like that. And you have six white undercover cops pull you to the side and tell you that you dropped this thing that looks like a rock in a clear plastic bag. And you stand there as a black man, you stand there and wonder what benefit do they get from doing things like that? To send innocent people to prison without any cause. And they have done that to many black people to jail for no reason. When you do that, when you keep doing something like that, the resource of that becomes something that society doesn't think or society does not like. If God was not on my side, that's why the Bible says, if God be for you, who can be against you? If God was not on my side that very day, they would have sent me to prison for 20 plus years for possession of something that I've never in my life seen one before. So the question is, what benefits do you get from paying people 
planting drugs and gangs and other things on people who have done nothing wrong. You know, I watched a documentary a couple of years ago and they were talking about how the prison system is a business, right? So they want to make sure that the beds, each bed is filled because somehow they've allowed private investors to invest in the prison system. So what happens is that if the beds are empty, which is business in the business sense, if the beds are empty, that means that we are not making money to our full potential. So then they try to fill the beds with humans. They run people down. They arrest you for doing nothing so that the prisons could be filled so that those who invested will make money and they connive with the judges and the police to arrest people, bring them in, they just send them to jail and get kickbacks. They get cash back from the investors. I don't know how you can sleep doing something like this, but that's the world we live in, right? That's the world we live in. People are afraid and because they are afraid, they do stupid things. They do stupid things. According to the compilation of data by the Washington Post, black Americans are killed at much higher rate than white Americans. Although half of the people shot by police are white. And that is a fact. If you do the straight numbers without looking at the population by race, you then conclude that well, more white people are killed by police than black and Spanish and Asian people. The research says that although half of the people shot and killed by police are white, black Americans are shot at a disproportionate rate. According to the research, blacks account for less than 13% of the U.S. population, 13% of the U.S. population, but are killed by police at more than twice the rate of white Americans. Spanish or Hispanics Americans are also killed by police at disproportionate rate. Police shootings Okay, across the country, across the U.S. And it's very interesting to see where most of these killings occur. It takes place in every state and more frequently in the cities where populations are concentrated. States with the highest rates of shootings are New Mexico. And this actually shocked me. In Alaska. So they have New Mexico, Alaska, and Oklahoma. And then they give a, sec a map, heat map, sort of like a heat map, identifying the cities that has the most killings. It's very interesting when you look at the, the stats, how it is done every year on the average, about 1,000 people on the average get shot by police. Okay. And the, the trend line that was created by this organization, the Washington Post, shows a huge that chart when you look at it kind of brings some shock into your mind because all the killings have been charted and blacks are more more than half than the white race where if you look at the population the 13 percent is about 42 million people 
Spanish, Hispanics are about 39 million people and white Americans are about 197 million people and other, they classified as 49 million people. So when you have 42 million people and half of the killings, the black killings is more than half of what uh, happens to white is, is very eye-opening when you look at these numbers. So it is no secret. Again, the map has... It's like a heat map, so you mouse over it and it shows you, if you have time, just Google it and you'll find the Washington Post data about police shooting. It shows you where most of the killing, and Alaska was actually, I was, I was extremely surprised that most of the killings happened in Alaska. There are so many things that goes on when people are not addressing these issues. So I talk about my personal experience with the police where they planted drugs on me. And if God was not on my side that day, they would have taken me in. And you have no chance arguing in court one black man versus six white police officers testifying that you had a drug on you. Somehow during the exchange, they, they asked me a question and their captain stepped forward, asked me a few questions and they could get a call or something happened. They said they have to go and then they let me go. And to add to that, to make the case, I had just gone to the bank and took money. So I had about $200 or 100 bills cash in my pocket one side and then I had the receipt of that money also on the other side so based on that if I didn't have the receipt they would have said yeah you selling drugs that's why you have this money it is real these things happen and the fortunate thing these days is the mobile phone cameras right the cell phone cameras because without the camera without only God knows how many of George Floyd has happened out there and they lied on the police report and write something that did not happen. And case closed because there wasn't any evidence. There wasn't any camera to record what exactly happened. In my case, there wasn't a camera to record. Nobody was around. If God was not on my side, and how many people have they done this to? Just round people up, plant drugs on them, and take them to jail. So without the cameras, the world will not believe when people say things like that. Without the cameras, who is going to believe you? Because you have been painted to be just like criminals. You have been painted to be just that. So when you are taken to court that you have drugs on you, the jury will believe them. The judge will believe them and innocent people get sent to prison. And then when you look at the corporate world, for example, there's what we call the unconscious bias. So the unconscious bias is something that you have certain race in authorities, right? So from the sea level down, you have certain people that controls who gets hired into that company, who gets promoted. And in one particular culture, a company that I think is a great company, but had this 
is filled with unconscious bias managers because what happened is that you are not promoted you are not moved up because of your performance you can perform 2000 year over year growth rate everything will be great but you will not be promoted because of unconscious bias why they use what we call the five percent the 5% is something that to me works against minority because though your performance is great, you are doing extremely excellent job. You are driving revenue. You are driving increase. You are cutting costs. You are reducing spend. But that 5% works against minority. That 5% is what they call who you know, likability, who you are comfortable, who if they are comfortable with you or they are not. Well, guess what? If you have someone in place who is making that decision and he doesn't look anything like you and his everything else is based on that 5%, then lie is going to work against you. It's working against minorities. So I've seen in that particular company, a lot of black men with MBAs and master's degree, advanced degrees, and they are capped at a certain level because of unconscious bias someone is making decisions and they give the role or the opportunity to someone else who doesn't look like you and you question and i hear people say how did that happen i'm not saying these people are racist it is unconscious bias you are making decision based on someone that you are comfortable with to work with and because of that you are putting a cap or penalizing people who are doing great job but don't look like you. That is what unconscious bias is. One of my favorite metrics that I look at when I was in the corporate world, when you walk through the a huge, I used to work for a company that has a huge, huge facilities and the cafeteria, I work for actually two companies that are similar in size, huge cafeteria. Um, but when you walk through that, you see segregation, unconscious segregation in the cafeteria where the whites are gathered in certain areas and the blacks are gathered in certain areas. And it shocks me every time I walk through a cafeteria and I see that, that there is still segregation unconsciously, unconscious segregation and every group just gathered on their own is very surprising when you see then you know when you look at even schools is the same thing the system has been designed in a way that there's still discrimination and segregation i remember one time when i was in graduate school we were going to paris we went to france and i was pulled over at the airport in france i mean i'm traveling with my fellow students they just isolated me and picked me out from the group and start asking me stupid questions. You see, so when you have not experienced something like this, you will not believe it when we tell you. They picked me out of a group that is mostly white of, of my fellow students. Ask me stupid questions and finally they let me go and my, my, my friends from the school asked, what was going on? Why did they stop you? I don't understand why they kept you so long. My answer, this is the life that we live with no, for you doing nothing, just walking through somewhere, you get picked up. They pick you out 
and start asking you stupid questions. And this is stems from fear, right? Fear is what is causing people to behave like this. Fear makes people do stupid. Stupid is making decisions that is based on fear. You don't believe there is enough for everyone, so you make decisions based on fear. You think you are going to run out of space, so you make decisions based on fear. You don't think there is enough opportunities for everyone. You don't think there is enough for everyone, so you make stupid decisions. You don't believe there is enough. So when the Charlottesville demonstration happened, that was the first time I heard the chants of the white supremacy groups. They don't believe that there is enough for everyone. So this, they are chanting, which I'll get to in a minute. It's very interesting, but look at this thing that I found. We said, we hold this truth to be self-evident that all men, the Declaration of Independence, we hold this truth to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with the certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. This is what was written, that all men are created equal by their creator with certain rights, 100% rights, including life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. What does the Constitution say about equality for everyone? So equality is sometimes misconstrued when you use the word equality because based on the person's definition, the person's definition of equality will still works against certain people if it is not defined and set in place properly. So you look at a tree. Let me use an orange tree for example. In certain situations, if you've seen orange trees or a tree that bears fruits, sometimes it's tilted to one side, right? So if you give the same ladder to two individuals and one is on the other side, on the right side, and one is on the left side, but the tree is tilted to the right side, the person on the right side will be able to pluck the oranges quicker and faster and easier than the person on the opposite side where the tree is tilted to the right. To provide justice and equality, you must straighten the tree. And actually, I saw this as a cartoon illustration. Um, I don't remember the, the person who drew it, but I thought that was a perfect picture of what justice is and what equality should be, right? So you must straighten the tree and give those two people the same ladder with the same height and let them work their way up to grab the oranges. No biases there. You don't shift it to one side or you don't give the other person a taller ladder and you give the minority a shorter ladder. So that is, to me, justice or equality is. It's not just saying there's equality, but then in reality, when you analyze the data, there isn't any equality. You know, in other countries, there is no classification for black men, white men. They just said, I'm a British. Why don't we just say I'm an American? Even on application and things like that, why do we feel like we need to ask your race? And 
that data, which I think is an experiment, they design it to really make sure there's no discrimination, but that is even worse. It continues to separate people from who they are. We are Americans, that ends it. And it's racism is not just in the, in the US, okay? Other countries that are mostly, if you go to most African countries that are blacks, they are also what we call the tribalism. It's, it's a disease, right? This thing trying to paint someone as down so you can progress stems out of fear. I'm afraid that this tribe are going to take over. I'm afraid that if I give this tribe opportunity. So if you go to some African countries, one tribe feels superior over the other tribe. Some other tribe also feels superior over other tribe. That's why in most African countries, there will be this tribal walls. And I'm not mentioning any country in particular here. If, if you've seen it, you've seen the walls, right? It's, it stands from tribal walls. Somebody thinking that they are better than someone, someone else. So when one government comes, a president gets elected, what they do to me is, is sickening. It's sad that they put people from their tribe in various positions. Don't just look at the U.S. and think there's racism in the U.S. This behavior, which stems out of fear, happens across the world. The Chinese, the Russians, the Europeans, in Africa, in, in South America. They look at the other South Americans differently if you don't look a certain way. And police brutality across the globe. In the U.S., it's mostly killings and stupid things. In other countries, the police might take a bribe from you for no other reasons. So it's a global pandemic, When I, if I can say that. So the world is going through a lot. The world is struggling right now with no answers when we have this pandemic going on coupled with this demonstration, police brutality going on around the world. So what does the U.S. Constitution say about all this? So the 14th Amendment to the Constitution was ratified on June 9, 1869 and granted citizenship to all persons born in the United States, which included former slaves recently freed. In addition, it forbids states from denying any person life, liberty, or property without due process of the law or to deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the law. So I talk about justice, equality, equity, or equal protection of the law is when I use the tree, right? If it is tilted to one side, even though you've, you feel like you've given each partner the same height of a ladder, a ladder height for them to harvest the fruit of that tree. That is not equal justice. Equal justice is, wait a minute, the tree is tilted to one side. Let's straighten the tree and give both parties the same height or ladder height so they can then work their way to harvest the fruit of that tree. Now, if one person doesn't feel like they can, they want to climb the ladder and the other person is climbing, then there is no longer an excuse. 
That's what equal justice means, that even playing field, right? Even That's why even in sports, halftime we change goalposts. Or in some other sports, in every quarter you change goalposts, which is very interesting. But at least more, in most sports, halftime you change goalposts because you want to give each team the same equal opportunity, especially if it's outdoors where the wind blows or if the fall is a slight little, you know, slanted to the other side so that each team has the same opportunities. Kick the ball, the same opportunity. You kick in the second half, we kick, right? That is equal opportunities. The Charlottesville demonstration that I talk about, I alluded to that, that the first time I heard that these people, the white supremacy groups, chant, I've never heard about it before. Then I realized people are afraid. So when, if you look at slavery slave movies i've watched a few of them i recently watched the free state of jones and very interesting where people are afraid and because they are afraid they want to protect the status quo because if they let that go somebody else might take their place so if you look at when obama became a president that became that exposed the racism hidden in society because now that fear the fear that makes people do stupid was exposed more than before he became president. Fear will make people do stupid things. Fear has caused you to do stupid things. And those stupid things cost you more in life than before. You cannot act and do things based on fear. The Bible says God has not given you the spirit of fear, but what? Of power and of love so when you understand who you are you will not be reacting based on fear because fear will let you do stupid so the white supremacist chant that i was talking about the chant was like you will not replace us no jews will not replace us and i'm sitting there like okay so that is the root of all these problems. That is the root of hate. That is the root of behaving the way you are behaving because you feel that as this group grows, they will replace you. They will take your place. They will become the president of the country. They will become the president of companies. They will become the mayors and the governors. So you want to fight back and put your knee on their neck because you are afraid that somebody else would take your place. But God created the heavens and the earth and he replenished it that there is going to be now for everyone who lives on this planet. He created man and woman equal and that is what he designed this world to be. So when you are afraid that someone else is going to take your place, you try to keep them. And that is where this whole thing comes from. It comes from fear. You are People are afraid that somebody else will take their place. People are afraid that somebody will become that person, their boss, their leader, and they will take... If, even in the churches, it's, it's very, very sad to me in the churches where, 
I'm not even going to talk about the Sunday morning thing where whites go to their church and blacks go to their church. But even a church that is multiracial, I mean a mixed church, you know, social media has exposed certain things that is very shocking. The same people that you worship with, raise up your hands with in the same church, go home and do something stupid like this. It's, it's amazing how it happens in the church. And if you use a black preacher who is extremely good, some white people will not even go to that church. Even though everything he, te he teaches is what they want to hear, but because he's black. So in the church alone, there are so much segregation and racism and unconscious bias that goes on. It's okay, the black person can, you know, be an usher, do other things, but not really give them opportunity to stand on the pulpit. It's, it is unconscious bias that I'm not saying that these people are racist, but when you do things based on the color of the skin of the person, it's either you are racist or you play and execute unconscious bias. So they sing, they chant that people, certain groups of people, no, you will not take our place. The Jews will not take our place. So what does the Bible say about hate? And the consequences of being afraid in Genesis chapter 4, verse 1 through 16, when you have time, read that Cain and Abel, Cain became afraid. So what he did, he killed his brother. Cain murdered his brother Abel and then lied about it to God, which is a whole new topic there because he is all knowing God. And why did he kill his brother? He was afraid. He became afraid, so he did stupid. He was afraid. If you look at Adam and Eve, became afraid, so they did stupid. Fear will make you do stupid, and that stupid will send you to a place that you don't want to be. You were afraid, so you shot someone. You were afraid, so you took an action that now puts you in jail. Fear will make you do stupid and the bible says that god has not given you fear to be afraid he has given you power and that's why i'm big on understanding who you are because when you understand who you are you will not do stupid you know you have power he has given you the spirit of power and of love therefore when you walk in that love and in that power you will not do stupid that is what the world needs today the world needs this understanding that god did not give us the spirit of fear to do stupid but he has given us the spirit of power and of love to do the right thing because love never fails love never fails so god was good to the midwives so if you read exodus chapter 1 verse 21 and this is another oppression time when pharaoh oppressed the hebrews when they were started to give birth and they were multiplying what did pharaoh do he was afraid he was afraid that somebody else is going to take their place so he decided to kill every male child born at that time so in verse 20 so god was good to the midwives and the people multiply i'm reading from exodus 120 and the people multiply it became and became even more numerous and because the midwives fear god 
he gave them families of their own. Then Pharaoh commanded all his people, every son born to the Hebrews must be thrown into the Nile, the river Nile, but every daughter you may allow to live. And that's where the Moses story comes from. So Moses got born, they hid him in a basket and put him, you know, on the on the Nile and the Pharaoh's daughter found him and he became Moses. I'm just paraphrasing that. Watch the Moses movie or read about that in the Bible. So that happened in the Old Testament when Pharaoh, the new Pharaoh, came and started to kill innocent children because he was afraid that when they grow up, they will take over. They are becoming so many. They are multiplying. They are, God is blessing them. And we cannot allow them to prosper in that way. Because when they grow up, they will take our place. Just like the white supremacists today chant about, no, you will not take our place. The Jews will not take our place. So people are afraid that you will take their place. So they decide, Pharaoh decided to kill all of them. But God prevail at the end. And when you look in the New Testament also, in the New Testament, King Herod was afraid, so he killed every male child. When the Savior was born and the Magi came and said, we are here to worship, and he told them that when you find the Savior, Jesus, that was born, come and tell me so I might also go and worship him. But his purpose not to worship, but to go and kill him. So in Matthew, in Matthew chapter 2, verse 16, in Matthew chapter 2, verse 16, in the New Testament, the massacre of the innocents, when Herod saw that in verse 16, Matthew 2, 16, when Herod saw that he had been outwitted or deceived by the Magi, he was filled with rage, sending orders. He sent orders to put to death all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were born two years old and under. So if you are two years and under, he gave an order that they should kill all these boys because he was afraid that there is a king has been born and that king would take his place. So he went and killed innocent children. Fear makes people do stupid. Fear makes people do extremely stupid stuff. You you kill innocent children because you're afraid that he will grow up because I don't know who the kid is, so I'm just going to kill everyone. Blanket racism, blanket killing, killing people. And the one talent, there's another scripture that I thought was very interesting. Because of fear, this guy, this stupid in Matthew chapter 25, verse 17, likewise. So here is a high-level overview of what happened. There was this rich man who went on to a vacation or somewhere and gave talents to three men. The first one got his talent, I think five, he multiplied. The other one got two, he multiplied. And then the last one got one. And this is what he did. He was afraid, so he did stupid. He said, likewise, in verse 17 of Matthew 25, likewise, one with the two talent gained more, but the servant who had received one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. 
Finally, the servant who had received one talent came and said to the master, when the master returned, I knew that you are a hard man and I'm afraid of you. You reap where you did not sow and gathering where you have not scattered. So in my fear, listen to that, in my fear, I went and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what belongs to you. I was afraid of you, so I didn't invest. I was afraid the stock market would crash, so I will not invest. I was afraid there's a lion on the street, so I will not go out and do what I'm supposed to do to prosper in the physical sense. I was afraid. So fear makes you do stupid. Fear makes you put your investment in the wrong places. Fear makes you kill. Fear makes you somebody down. Fear makes you put your knee on someone's neck for almost 10 minutes and be so comfortable at doing it. It seems like you have done it before. You were not caught previously. Nobody can do that and feel so comfortable and put their hand in their pocket if they haven't done it before. Fear makes you do stupid. Fear makes you steal. Fear makes you kill. Bible says that God did not give humanity fear, but with power and of love. You must understand who you are. So when you understand who you are, you will not do stupid because you will walk in the power that God has given you. You will walk in that love. There's another episode that I call, What is Love? Listen to that. And you will give yourself to the things you love. Love does not fear. And if you walk in fear, you end up doing stupid things. What is the Bible's answer to fear? And all the unconscious biases and the racisms and the tribalisms that goes on in the world today. It's very simple. He said, love your neighbor as yourself. In Mark 12, 20 through 31, when you get a chance to read that, they ask Jesus, which is the greatest commandment of all? Jesus replied and said, This is the most important. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Hear me, hear me, hear me. There is only one God. That is one. The second, he said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than this. So he gave you two. First, he wants you to understand there is only one God. He said, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. There is only one God. There is only one God. And he said, love thy neighbor as yourself. So when you follow these simple instructions, then you will not do stupid. You will not be afraid. You will not try to destroy someone, your neighbor. And the world will get along, but the world seems to have rejected these basic principles. Love your neighbor as yourself, starting from your home. Love your neighbor as yourself in your neighborhood, in your country, in your community, in your workplace. Love thy neighbor as yourself because if you love the person like yourself, you will not hate them. You will not pin them down. You will not murder them. You will not steal from them. Love replaces prejudices, unconscious bias, racism. So what is in this for you? How can you make a difference? Like I said, he said he has given you the spirit of what? Power and of love. Operating that, 
Know who you are so you will not hate or be afraid. If you understand who you are, you will not be afraid and therefore will not do stupid. Psalm 91 verse 5 said, Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor the arrows that flies by day. You should not be afraid of anyone. Don't be afraid because these people are multiplying. These people are doing so great that if we don't pin them down, they will take our place. Don't be afraid. Psalm 27 verse 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? The Lord is with you. He said, may the force be with you. They stole that from the Bible. May the Lord be with you. Hallelujah. If the Lord is my light, the Lord is my salvation. Why should I be afraid? If I can paraphrase here. The Lord is my strength and my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? The Lord is my light. Love thy neighbor. This is what you're supposed to do. Believe that there is enough for everyone. And racism will disappear. Tribalism will disappear. Fear will disappear. And you do the right thing. And you will not do stupid ever again. Let me pray for you. You are blessed in the name of Jesus. You are walking in love. I declare you to walk in love. Say it with your mouth right now that I walk in love for God has not given me the spirit of fear to fear and do stupid, but he has given me the spirit of power and of love. Therefore, in the name of Jesus, I walk in love. Therefore, I walk in power. I understand who I am. I am not my flesh. I am not my five senses. I am a life-giving spirit. Therefore, I give life to that is struggling. I give life to everything that is dead. In the name of Jesus, I am blessed going out. Say that. I am blessed coming in. No weapon will form against me. I am in the right place at the right time. I am above only and not beneath. I am blessed in every way. Everything I put my hands to succeed. In Jesus' name, you are blessed. No accident shall come near your way. No tragedy shall befall you. For you are blessed. I plead the blood of Jesus over you. That you are going in this place. That you are coming in this place. In the name of Jesus. No sickness shall befall you. No poverty shall overtake you. In Jesus' name. You are blessed in every way. Receive that. And see yourself that you are blessed. Declare to yourself. You are blessed. He said that it is finished. And when he said it is finished. Everything was finished. And you have to just take possession of it. In the mighty name of Jesus. I bless you today. I bless you. And I remove any obstacles in your way. That your journey is smooth. That the things that you are doing. Is successful. In the name of Jesus. Everything you put your hands to. Is blessed. In Jesus name. You are blessed and you must believe that in the name of Jesus. And when you believe this, you will not do stupid. Again, my name is Dr. Free and thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you have not subscribed, go ahead and subscribe right now and tell your friends and family to subscribe today. 